We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And we are back, people. Welcome to Esports Rewind Podcast. Hello, Xanifer. Hello, hello, Jake. It's been a week, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one way to put it. That's for sure. You know, I thought we retired last week, <laughs> and esports and gaming just keeps on hitting, you know? Mm-hmm. And back hits, to back to back to back. It just hits you right in the eyes. Uh-huh. And that's what most of the comments have been about over the past couple of weeks. They, mm-hmm. Literally, every time I go to the comments, <laughs> Jake, you look tired. I'm like, hey, why don't you give me a, a good positive compliment? You know, like, Jake, you look good, but you look tired. <laughs> uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been wild times. Wild times do mm-hmm. continue, and we'll be talking about those wild things now. You ready to roll? Yeah, let's hit it. Let's begin. All right, Zan, so uh, we can't escape them. We mention them every week, obviously, for the good and the bad, but lately has been a lot of just uh, the common controversy kings. Mm. I know right when I drop that term, you know who I'm talking about. Obviously, Team Liquid. Yeah, Liquid. <laughs> Most you know, controversial the, org in all of esports. Yeah, they like, just keep just playing the games and competing like normal people. Definitely not like, like the default people. generic nice guys, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely not at all. I think Clearly. of them as real bad boys, those guys. <laughs> uh, that's going to be FaZe Clan. Controversy kings, the kings of drama, the bad boys of esports, whatever you want to refer to them as. I thought uh, today would be a good time to kind of wrap up. Last week, we talked about kind of trusting FaZe Clan. I thought we brought to light some great points as, yes, they do some great things, some not so great things, and hopefully from a viewer slash fan perspective, you guys can maybe understand from a you know a news outlet or from our side of things why it can be hard to trust people after time and time again. Now to light, of course, this week after, ironically, this podcast is pre-recorded. Once that last episode went mm-hmm. live about trusting Phase Clan, 
Literally this, like the day before the episode yeah, yeah. Like, dropped. So yeah. People don't realize the podcast is one week pre-recorded. So mm. um, ironically enough, uh, the same, uh, just within 24 hours of that podcast being recorded, now we have Phase Banks coming out four years after the fact, going into detail about owning and operating a CSGO gambling website. Uh, one that was tied to a lot of controversy, a lot of scandals accusations, but some pretty serious ones. And a lot of uh, large figures in the esports community probably know how daunting that does look, especially when he dropped it out of nowhere. So uh, kind of just a tie into all of this, you know, with all of the controversy, uh, you know, why these guys are the controversy kings. And I don't think I need to explain it, but I feel like I do just for future tense to look mm-hmm. back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about a couple weeks back the fact that of all the Fortnite organizations, FaZe Clan has had the most accusations, rule breakers, or people actually banned, whether temporarily or per- Permanently. Yeah, shockingly, in the most like dramatic <laughs> permanent ban we've ever yeah. seen. Uh, we've seen seven Fortnite figures from FaZe Clan alone face mm. accusations, actually be banned, um, or break the rules as well. Uh, obviously, Jarvis being permanently banned, a couple of others only facing temporary bans. Along with that, a couple of phase lawsuits, one still at, at least uh, ongoing. Uh, one phase lawsuit we broke down about some office furniture, the other one obviously involving Tifu. The then office we, furniture one in particular yeah. is such like a random, People like who even, that. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, we throw in uh, Cloaksy. could be a potential mm. one. We talked yeah. about him last week. He talked about his bad dealings with FaZe Clan. Mm-hmm. And then, on top of everything I just mentioned, we throw in FaZe Banks admitting to all of this. And that is simply, I don't know where I was going to go with this. I just wanted to put everything out there and really kind of, I wanted to vent. I don't know if, yeah, if you have I any, hear that. any two yeah. cents on this, and I apologize to not really set you up for much. No, no, you're good, my guy. I think it's fair. I mean, you brought up tons of fair points. We have to be very clear that although we like FaZe, they are a very drama-filled organization, and rightfully so, because they do a lot of things that are walking a like you know a very gray line yeah. at times. You Especially know. in esports. Yeah, absolutely. It's lines we never really see crossed, but mm-hmm. if it's going to be crossed, it's been FaZe Clan time and time again. Mm-hmm. It, I just, I don't know. I, again, I don't know where this is going. I just hope <laughs> people can understand that it's it's very tiring to for people oh, to yeah. call like for uh, I've seen a lot of I I try and avoid the bad comments but they they do, do get to everybody I just am sick of tired of people saying like oh you're targeting Phase Clan no Phase mm. Clan does not operate or actually make the news like any other esports organization like we don't talk about other esports organizations doing this stuff because they don't do it because <laughs> they don't do this stuff and so I just wanted to get across yes to the controversy kings they're the bad boys they do a lot of great things progressive things on that same note I just got my phase X NFL t-shirt in Dude, the mail like five minutes before I came into thing. the office yeah. I just got the email saying mine's shipped out today so oh, like, well, yeah for sure <laughs> like so we both do yeah, like we yeah. actually really enjoy a lot of the things they do but mm. hopefully people can understand that if any Anyone out there did this stuff, we would cover it just the same. Absolutely. So controversy kings continue to be all around FaZe Clan. All right, Jake, next up is probably the biggest story for the fighting game community for the rest of the year, and one that's going to be revisited in the years to come is EVO 2020. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar, like many other tournaments, EVO recently announced that they were going online. For the fighting game community in particular, fans are like, aha, so it's not a tournament then. That was the general consensus, because like, you know, fighting games, you can't just, you can't play them online, really. It's just hard to do it in any fair and balanced competitive format. And we're finding out the same thing for, yeah. you know, tr- traditional esports as well. Unfortunately. The, the, big, the big games yeah. too. Yeah. Seeing tons of problems pop up everywhere. But um, yeah, the organizers for EVO today just released some new information on how exactly the online format is going to pan out. And it's very different to past EVOs. So normally EVO is a weekend event, starts on like a Friday, ends on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, this time it's going to be split across five weekends. 
Jesus. Yeah, that's quite. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a yeah, big change. It's a lot. Yeah, it's starting on July fourth and going until August second, and they've changed the entire roster of games being played, enti- like completely, and all the formatting for them. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Evo, um, normally it's an entirely open bracket event. Anybody can just walk up and compete. Obviously, that means you're going to have thousands of people competing, and like you know, the pros usually rise to the surface. But this kind of format allows like underdogs to come up out of nowhere and just you know have some great storylines built off of people coming up from places like Pakistan and just like dominating. It's insane, right? This year they've completely flipped things, and all of the major games are not open to the public. So games like Street Fighter, Tekken, uh, Grand Blue, Undernight. We don't know if they're invitationals per se, but we know that they're not open to the public. The ones open to the public are where things get a little interesting, where we have uh, MK11, which, you know, uh, it's Mortal Kombat. We've got Killer Instinct, which came out years and years ago. We have Them's Fighting Herds, which is the My Little Pony fighting game. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, got to get that representation in there. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Skullgirls. Which, you know, great fighting game. And the, the thing that's important to note here is these are all the fighting games with competent netcode. These are all the ones that work so people can, like, actually play them and it'll be, like, fine. Mm. And those, that's why they're the only ones I'm thinking they're allowing into the open bracket. Well, at least they took into consideration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people hoping that they wouldn't just so EVA would be an absolute disaster this year. And game devs would finally realize, oh, hey, maybe we need to fix our online if their games just look like trash on stream. For me, the biggest takeaway is the fact that the whole open bracket was kind of what differentiated it from everything else. Mm-hmm. The fact that someone off the street could actually compete with the top-end pros that we don't see anywhere else. No, yeah, it was really unique. Like, sometimes Call of Duty events will have those side stations where you get to play against the pros and mm-hmm. compete in these little, you know, one-offs. But, yeah, especially when it comes from the fighting game scene, one of the more th- things that I actually had recognized, not even being an FGC fan, was the, uh, the, the, the cool feature of someone being able to walk in and take out someone who is the best of the best when it comes to the the pro fighter, fighters, if you really want to say pro. Yeah, yeah. I said pro is fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what, that is one of the things that I was sad about it getting canceled because I was looking forward to trying my own hand this year. But, you know, it is what it is. One big noticeable thing, though, is that Super Smash Brothers has been entirely removed. Is there from, a reason behind that at all? Uh, they haven't said anything officially, but... Everybody's kind of understanding that it's just because Smash has literally the worst netcode of any fighting game. Yeah. And it's, it's so bad to the point where Nintendo has a feature in there where if the game drops past a certain level, they'll just swap the, the other player out for a bot. Oh. Without saying anything. Wow. Like mid-match. And you can only notice based on the shield color. And then, you know, it's just like... How do you even play with like that? There's no confirmation message. It's just it's done. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how this this year's goes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, obviously a big turn of events for a lot of events out there. You know, yeah. a lot of big big time events are actually just being entirely delayed. So at mm-hmm. least it is going on. Yeah, and I'm we'll, glad they're taking measures. Yeah, we'll see how they obviously adjust these changes. It's going to be a big one, and then we'll see how everyone kind of comes back next year if everything's cleared up by then. Well, you know, uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> try to call it maybe knock on wood. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to Bluetooth.com. Bluetooth.com has the first ever tool that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, 
Your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, esports, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a bracket style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss Michael Jordan's documentary on what they're calling After the Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, Zan, uh, you know, we talked about on the Respawn recap, and now this past week we've seen, for the first time probably ever in esports, two top figures being targeted by the community for their own personal reasons. Uh, I, I would say a lot of people out there would judge these completely separately, and they should be because they are completely separate instances. Mm-hmm. That being FaZe Banks and that being TSM Lena, the community out there calling for both of them to be removed or to step down from their positions. Uh, you guys probably should know the backstories of this. I know, Zan, you do as well. Mm. Uh, to give you guys some notes out there of key figures who are trying to, not necessarily trying to, but say that you know they should be removed from their positions or at least ties should be cut or something should be changed in some sort of way. Uh, when it comes time for TSM Lena, we have Richard Lewis, we have Thorne, Monte Cristo, plenty of community figures out there saying that she should have her ties to the League of Legends competitive side for TSM completely severed because of her potential conflict of interest with her uh, boyfriend who is actually a current uh, pro player for their TSM League of Legends roster, that being Doublelift. And then when it comes to FaZe Banks, uh, we actually have ESPN's very own Jacob Wolf, mm-hmm. who you rarely see take these kind of spicy, like angry, mm-hmm. angry uh, notions. He raised his voice. Yeah. like when, when he <laughs> went break, up like five decibels. <laughs> when he breaks his stone character, you know mm. that something it has really triggered him. And so, you know, ESPN Esports, obviously top of the line when it comes to, you know, established news outlets out there. He himself even had a borderline, I don't want to say this in a wrong way, uh, not, uh, a hit piece in a sense, right? Going after FaZe Banks saying he should not be a representative for FaZe Clan and he should see the door. So when it comes to both of these cases, obviously vastly different. I want your thoughts very quickly. Do you think, and it's not, do you think something will be done? Right. Do you think something should, should be done? Should, right. Okay, so I'll, I'll lead in with Banks. Um, I think in the Banks situation, it would be way too easy for FaZe to clarify things and issue a, an official statement like completely separating them from any any drama where this is concerned if they cared to or if they were in the right. It'd be way too easy to be like, hey, yeah, no. Just flat out, no, not involved. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that they haven't issued any kind of statement like that is concerning. And it's understandable why people don't want Banks as a representative of the organization because he just paints everybody in a bad look consistently. Now, I like Banks, but you got to be real. Banks does some kind of problematic stuff on occasion, which, I mean, you know, at the same time, that kind of fits in with FaZe's whole brand image as kind of like... I almost, in a way, think of them almost closer to a hip-hop label than an actual esports org in the way they behave in some ways, if you know where I'm coming from on that. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in terms of, like, the more, like, uh, the more drama-oriented, the more personality-driven, the more, like, you know. Yeah. Which is one of their greatest strengths in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, you know, that's a double-edged sword. 
Um, so who knows how that'll pan out, but I don't think Banks is going anywhere, nor do I think he really should. I think maybe he, they, he needs to have a talk with some people, maybe calm it down a bit. But I don't think he yeah, needs yeah. to go anywhere. Don't get this twisted either, yeah. guys. Obviously, you know, if if we were Face Clan and we operated in their way, and I was a head figure at Face Clan, I would, you know, I, I don't know if this comes across the, the wrong way, but you know, I would probably be acting the same way. I would not be responding. I would not be moving anyone anywhere because mm-hmm. you don't have to. You know, they they've really built that, like you said, that image for themselves. Where honestly, at this point, they get away with this kind of stuff fairly easily, and so they've really cemented their place in, yeah, for in, real. in that kind of in that kind of mindset. So. It's pretty crazy. Again, we're not saying, you know, will anything happen or, you know, we just kind of recommend what should be done and what Mm. will be done are totally opposite things. And again, also different from what we would do if we were in their same shoes. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to Lena, I do think one of the people, one of the things people are missing when they say that she should leave the organization altogether is all of her like long contributions to TSM. She was like one of the original like team members over there, like as part of the organization. And I do think that she's earned her position overall. She's made some like less than excellent judgment calls, absolutely, especially mm-hmm. where double lift is concerned. And I do think TSM probably should clarify just to clear the air. It would it doesn't seem like it would really do that much harm to say, hey, because of everything, because of their relationship, because they're, you know, in the same area and the potential issues that can arise and have obviously already arisen within like weeks of this happening, that she should like move away from the League of Legends side. That is what I'm saying. Just that. Just keep keep Agreed. the position. Do everything else. Just cut you, ties with that. Yeah. You, you wrap up a large majority of the problems right away by saying, mm. "Okay, you know what? Uh, obviously, because we've already had Reginald, others come out to defend her. Mm. The way that she actually made her role as this executive position, the things she does for the organization are strenuous. It's pretty extensive, according to their own word. And I, I do believe that she obviously has, you know, probably really in-depth knowledge and can probably really do well when it comes to expanding to other esports or actually pertaining to other rosters." All you got to do is sever her ties to League of Legends, and that that really kind of, uh, besides what has now already occurred, yeah. that really def- uh, kind of gets rid of at least a lot of the potential yeah, for a conflict of interest. Basically solves everything. And there's got to be, you would think there's got to be someone else who can fill those shoes. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be, you know, pretty small shoes because Alina can still do everything she does for every other esport, but when it comes to pertaining to League of Legends, give that to someone else. Heck, they could even, I would be totally fine if they said, hey, we're going to transition. It's going to take six months. Lena's going to train a new person and they're going to, you know, take over. Yeah. Once we're comfortable. Like, you know, any move. And that any new movement. person will not be dating any of the players. Yeah, yeah. It, you, it seems very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And I think we both can agree that I don't think TSM or FaZe will do anything unless a third party or ultimate uh, higher power steps in and says, okay, this has to happen. Yeah, riot, maybe. But yeah. yeah uh, you, you hear a lot of whispers <laughs> around TSM and the way they're treated which yeah, is kind of just unfortunate um, yeah I, I think as as we go on during the doing this esports news we're definitely going to see trends uh not only the phase clan trend of how they react to things but tsm as well we're going to find out that some organizations do get treatment that others do not and i think we'll slowly unravel those and hopefully we can all have a fair outtake and a kind of outlook on everything and mm. really just digest it and and we'll take it as it is so we're not really sure what tsm or phase clan will do what they should do it's up to you guys as well what you think on these two separate issues. All right, Jake, I'm gonna let's, let's take a brief trip in the time machine real quick. Uh, do you remember a game that came out several years back called The Culling? The, the Culling? Yeah, The Culling. 
You know, I'm going to pretend. I'm going to lie. I, I, I feel like every time someone brings something up, I say, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. To be fair, it w it's forever ago. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it was one of the original Battle Royale games. Like, in that first wave. It came, yeah, the first game came out, like, a year before Fortnite, even. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it, no. Uh, uh, well, that's because it died very quickly. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, get, it, the game initially took off. It got, like, you know, a bit of a following. And then the devs were like, okay, we're going to work on the culling, too. going to be bigger and better than ever. And then they dropped it a little bit after Fortnite came out, and it bombed so hard, they took it down a week after putting it live. Like, straight up removed it from all the storefronts. A week, wow. A week. Like, that's how That's how they were like, yeah, it's just not it's So not, it's why, not happening. then, are you bringing it up? Because they've come back once again with the Culling 2 again. Okay. You know, made a couple small changes and implemented what might be the boldest and worst microtransaction system I've ever seen in video games in my entire life. You love to hear that. Yeah. So it is, what is it? It is truly insane. I'm going to read it out because, like, really and truly, it is, like, it's hard to, like, believe that some a company would actually do this. <laughs> so better be good. It's confusing, too. So basically, a player starts by being able to download the game for free, and they get a one-day free trial to play the game and see how they like it, right? Okay. Yeah, after that, they have to buy the game for $5.99 to access it, right? And then they get one token. You use these tokens for matches, and you only get one free match per day, and then you have to buy tokens to pay, play any more matches in the game going forward. If you win a match, then you get a token, sure. But if you lose, like you will very often in Battle Royale games, you're done for the day unless you buy more. <laughs> wow, that's... Um, it's bold, right? That's, that's like, really, that's something. I've never heard... Yeah, I don't. I think this is the first time a game has ever tried to was do this. Was there a lot of massive public backlash? Is that why oh, you're telling absolutely. me this now? Yeah, yeah, because so it's not, like insane. You're not getting anything twisted, right? You're no, like, yeah. I like... I. I I did not believe. I was like, I, I, I swore this had to be like, oh, this is a joke article. This is fake. This isn't like, you know, how they're actually doing it. But no, this is, this is exactly their plan. So you're telling me these guys yeah. come out with the Colleen 1. Mm, does pretty well. Colleen 1 passes. They come out with Colleen 2. <laughs> Yikes. Bad. <laughs> Taking it back. They go back to the drawing board still mm -hmm. with Colleen 2. And they come back with the mindset like two, of two, three years later. <laughs> 24 hours for free. Mm-hmm. Buy it for six bucks, five ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. One token mm -hmm. and <laughs> one free game per day. Per day. And if you don't win, you got to start paying. Yeah. What the? <laughs> wait, wait. wait. I, what? Do we know the price per game? Uh, no, not specifically. But like any price, would you pay? Any, like okay, even, like, yeah, yeah. Any yeah. price sucks, but it mm -hmm. it definitely would. Like if it's like. I don't know. I, it wouldn't make it any better. Like the fact that it would be a penny or like five bucks per mm -hmm. game is still like that's just like really stupid. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know. Like <laughs> I don't understand how people, how like smart people, obviously, yeah, most, yeah. a lot of people tied to making games have to, mm -hmm. in some sense, be pretty smart people. Mm -hmm. How do you go to a board meeting and say, "Yo"? I would love to have been in that meeting and have like because see how they how they convince those person, people. Yeah. yeah, it's not just one person saying yes, good idea. It's got to uh -huh. be a lot of people agreeing. This is it. Yeah, this is the new meta for battle royales. <laughs> oh, you know what? They said gambling in games was bad, so let's just do something not that, but exactly gambling. Bro, let's not sell. Let's not <laughs> oh, sell yeah. skins. No skins. No loot boxes. Let's just sell this. games. Games. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every game you play is a brand new copy of the game. Right, yeah. Like Jesus even like Christ. especially it's so weird in like a battle royale game of all places cuz you can lose a game in like minutes if not seconds. Oh, you can lose it yeah. off, off spawn. You can yeah. off yeah. landing. What? And then all of a sudden, okay, yeah, so that's like whatever like let's assume it's 99 cents. Okay, that's a dollar gone. I spawned in the wrong place. Oh, well. 
gotta feed the game another dollar. I'm yeah. I'm. It it's almost seems like their sense. Oh wow, wow, wow. I I think I'm actually a genius. <laughs> Sorry, you know, actually, uh -huh, I, I uh -huh. thought of like my old family reunions. We'd go to hotels, and of course, the first thing all the kids do is go to the arcade room. It almost sounds like they took the vintage arcade machine model, mm. and they're like, "Yo, you want to pay every time you play?" Yeah, let's put. It's that like in. they took that and then forgot. Oh, arcades are dying, and people yeah. don't like doing that. That's the reason why <laughs> arcades are like pretty much almost nowhere now. Yeah, dude, that was actually what they thought. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Yo, the nostalgia See, alone that's is just, worth that's it." That's just dumb enough like, to put potentially a like, every yeah. time. Oh my god! It's just like I'm sure. So oh, how, it's just nuts. Are they it's still nuts. are they still live? Are they still out there? They're still trying. Although literally everyone has been like, "What the heck are you doing? This is the dumbest thing." Dude, it feels good. We just yeah. broke down possibly the worst microtransaction ever in gaming mm -hmm. on the podcast. Let's see. You, you heard it here survives. first. Let's. You heard it here first. Give it. Give it a five months. Dude, give it five months. Next week they're like sixty million in rev. Just like <laughs> people are just paying. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. When Fortnite drops on PS5, they're gonna be like, okay, boys. Calling two. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that. That's a good model. Now you gotta pay to get into your battle pass every time you want to see how far you've progressed. Imagine. <laughs> All right. We'll see what the future of calling two is, guys. Mm -hmm. Possibly the worst microtransaction. Probably dead within two weeks. I'm calling it. <laughs> And finally, uh, Twitch making further updates. We talk a lot about these guys because they do make a lot of progressive moves for the streaming platform war that is ongoing. Last week, actually adding that amazing feature of Amazon Prime, Prime movies and yeah, videos. Yeah, that was dope. That was uh, dope. We didn't have the time to talk about that, but obviously a giant move for them when it comes time for viewership. I'm sure that will make a tremendous thing for them. Now a brand new board when it comes time for Twitch. And mm -hmm. what exactly are these guys called again? The yeah, they're the Safety Advisory Council, which is a bit of a mouthful. You know, not exactly the easiest thing to roll off the tongue. But not at all. Yeah. Safety Advisory Council. I don't expect anything to come from this. I'm going to take that bold stance right now, uh -huh, Zan. Uh -huh. Do you want to break down for the people, though, exactly what their goal might be with this thing? Yeah, generally speaking, I'll read a quick, a quick quote from Twitch on this front. Uh, they say, when developing this council, we felt it was essential to include both experts who can provide an external perspective as well as Twitch streamers who deeply understand creators' unique challenges and viewpoints. So basically, this group is going to be giving inputs on any new policies and decisions being made on Twitch. Yeah, and I want to really quickly clarify mm. why I said I don't expect anything. Uh, I would say uh, in terms of what we're probably going to cover, mm. I, we can speculate as to what they might do. I don't expect too much because I haven't built up too much trust when it comes to Twitch and, of course, mm. their their band system, You know, 24-7 streams, a lot of policies, issues not being addressed. I hope they do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we can expect. So what is it? Four streamers and four yeah. businessy type people now on the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Four four streamers, people you may know like Ho Carnage, uh, Cup of Noodles, uh, yeah, Ferociously Steph, as well as is where's the other one? Ziz or something? Yeah, yeah. It's like Zai Zaran. Yeah. Zizarin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a flu medication. But <laughs> it does kinda, <laughs> huh, right? Uh, but you know, um, and then we've got a bunch of representatives from the business com community that are involved in stuff like anti bullying and freedom of, of expression on the internet and stuff like that. Obviously very important when it comes mm. to the ban policies, right? Uh, Absolutely. So certainly stuff you want to have mindsets and, and great minds behind. Mm. And I I, they've also updated a lot of their policies, especially as of late. I think uh, just last month there was a nudity policy that was updated. So mm -hmm. I'm very curious what these eight people are going to really do. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would hope for in the future more of an active role when it comes time for band by band, especially for more well-known streamers. And still often now, I, will, I don't know if we'll ever see it, when, when streamers get banned from the site, often the transparency comes down to that streamer sharing the email that described why they were banned. And obviously, for good reason, a lot of streamers aren't going to share that email. Yeah, of course. 
And so we'll see a lot of streamers out there get banned. No one has any idea why, never sees the clips. They come back and then, of course, you know, nothing ever comes of it. Um, you know, as a, as a news outlet, mm -hmm. we would love to know if someone out there is, you know, saying things they shouldn't say or doing things they shouldn't do. And it really comes down to the streamer a lot of the times actually sharing that stuff. And besides all that, we see a lot of mm. non-bans, subjective bans. Yeah, That's a lot, the of, stuff a lot I of really weird stuff. On. And I think they kind of almost have to in this sense. And I think this is why they're bringing on streamers. <sighs> because in the past, there's never been a face at Twitch where you can go like, oh, hey, this person, what's going on here, right? Yeah. It's always like Twitch, people just reach out into the void and shout at Twitch twi and say like, hey, what's going on, right? But the fact that c people like Co Carnage are involved uh, means that I think bans are going to come into the rotation at some point, especially with new policies, because I think the only reason Twitch has gotten away with their inconsistent policies so far is because their only, their primary focus has been esports and gaming. However, now they're branching out more into like the celebrity realm and yeah. entertainment and doing actual concerts and stuff there. And that type of policies will not fly in literally any other industry. Twitch would catch like a lawsuit so quick and like probably lose, realistically speaking, if like say, let's say Travis Scott said a no-no word, and Twitch was just like, oh, we don't like you, bye. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a wrap, you know? And advertisers certainly wouldn't like that either if they're advertising somewhere and then all of a sudden their, their ad is pulled off of that channel and they don't know why and the person doesn't know why. And Yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway I take from this is <clears throat> that they now have eight new spokesperson or spokespeople. Mm -hmm. uh, I mainly focus on the streamers. I really wish there would have been, you know, more of the you know, most subscribed to streamers or most viewed streamers mm -hmm. possibly joining this board because oh. then they become public figures to actually speak out or for certain bands. Realistically speaking, I imagine those people just wouldn't be interested. You wouldn't want that, right? Yeah, if if yeah. you're like a summit or if you're like, um, you know, even an, an anonymous now one of the most subscribed are Nick uh -huh. Merckx or Dr. Dis. You don't, I, I imagine, I can't speak for them. I right, imagine right. you would not want to be a public transparent figure for Twitch because then all of a sudden you have people saying, why did you do this? Mm -hmm. And you're not really responsible, but you're a spokesperson for Twitch now. No, yeah, you're so, on the board that's supposed to be handling policy and moderation and stuff. And I like, imagine like, that's mm. why the streamers they got are the streamers they got. Yeah, And probably. I'm sure there was a lot of no's said, but again. That's, that's not the, like, you know, discount these other streamers. They're, they're big personalities. No, like, I'm great glad people, people yeah. stepped up to take the role. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. hope they can fulfill that role. And again, we're just speculating as to what they can do. I think a lot of it will be behind the scenes work when it comes mm -hmm. to mental health, anti-bullying, those kind of things. I just hope in the future we see more transparency from Twitch when it comes to the bans. That's my biggest issue with them and has been for quite some time. Yeah, I think we're going to have to and sometime in the near future with how Twitch is kind of expanding beyond its yeah, it, it's, former purview. Yeah, it's only getting bigger. Yeah. They're only making more improvements. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see if other, other boards or other groups of people uh, pop up for them and, and we'll see exactly what they do for the platform. All right, folks, as per usual, thank you for stepping by. We hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. I really do enjoy you guys. You know, we're tired over here, but you guys keep us going. Zan, do you want to tell people something? Uh, yeah, you know, I want to tell them that, you know, this this flavor of Red Bull actually is one of my favorites. It's a uh, peach, not sponsored, but, you know, it's a, it's a banger. Not sponsored. <laughs> not, not yet. Yeah, more on topic, though. If you would like to listen to the Esports Rewind podcast on the go, on your phone, on your favorite podcast platform of choice, you can find us on the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. We're on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you like, you know, so check it out, download a podcast and support us that way. Shout out to our audio listeners. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want some daily esports news content, please check out our YouTube channel over at Esports Talk. 
you know, everybody, we love hearing from you. So by all means, keep leaving us comments, keep sending us messages. We really appreciate all the support and all the well wishes for the bags under Jake's eyes. <laughs> you had to sneak that in. Yeah, I a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you can find us on uh, Twitter at talk underscore esports or on Instagram at esports underscore talk. Or if you'd like some more esports news content, by all means, check out esportstalk.com. Wow, that was nice. Ooh, that was yeah. really good. I yeah. think you like got a record there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, until next time, we hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. Same time, same day, every single week. Until next time, take care of yourselves, all right? Be clean, be healthy, stay hydrated. Wash your hands. We'll see you guys next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.